Hello and welcome to the Main Course Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Stanley, and I'm joined this week by the one and only Dakota Edgar. Yo, yo. This week, we're going to be talking about the new Lil Skies album, uh, Young Nudie Drop Something. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch of the Duke Do stuff after that Isaiah Rashad album or single last week, and obviously the J. Cole album. So, uh, you know, get ready to tune in and, and hear our thoughts on some new music. Uh, this is the Main Course Podcast. We stream this every Tuesday-ish, so stay tuned to our socials to find out when and where. Uh, and we drop these on all podcasting services every Thursday. So appreciate anyone who's tuning in, and you know, thanks for listening. Uh, Dakota, you want to take us into the uh, into the new stuff? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we can start off with the uh, Nudie album. So this came out today, actually, this morning. So, uh, and I I think it's Doctor Evil is what it's supposed to be, but it's E V four L. So for Evil for Life, I don't know something like along those lines, but it's got to be what it is. Yeah. It's got to be what it is. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was cool. I, I liked um, the songs I liked the most were probably Roughneck. Uh, I liked Dr. Evil. Two-Face with G Herbo is cool. Child's Play with 21 Savage is cool. Yellow Tape with uh, Louis Evert, cool. Um, and he's also got, he did like the, you know, uh, NFT drop along with right, it. Right, right. With, uh, you know, kind of Chucky bouncing, bouncing around <laughs> and, and the lightning in the back. But I do, he also had on Apple Music, like, the rain falling and the lightning kind of striking in the background. Like when you have the album up on your phone, I like how they've been doing that. And it's gotta be a product of the whole NFT thing. I just feel like it has to be. I mean, you know, Apple music, I feel like it's had some stuff in the pipeline probably, but yeah, definitely feels like they're trying to compete with the, uh, the Spotify canvases a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And it's, it's crazy to think that they haven't actually fully dove all the way into that you know yeah like, it's 50 50 i mean you gotta have ponder how much of a difference does it actually make to the average user i mean definitely puts a lot more work on the artist's team to put together our work but i'm not sure like as a listener i'm like wow i'm gonna use spotify because they have the canvas and stuff you know? or it's like I, it's dope i guess if you're like using the app on your tv like if you're like sitting at home that's true i guess using the app on your tv like but at, to the same point, why would you not just hop on YouTube if you're watching on, t- on your TV? So I take it back. But, uh, back. Yeah, exactly. Back to Young Nudie, though. Um, this is cool project. I mean, I only listened to it one time through because it dropped today. Um, but pretty on par with kind of what you'd expect from him. And I'm a fan. So, um, Yeah. Is it just the same? Not the same old, but very similar uh, situation. Yeah, it's super years. similar. It's super similar. Yeah same sound that he's kind of you know we've grown accustomed to hearing from him i'd say um, you listen to his track with 21 savage from the spiral yeah soundtrack? yeah i did which also i think is like it's it's weird to me that like um that's like such a 21 savage led yeah thing like you know like is that movie gonna be good i don't know have you read the reviews man because it's it's super like in the middle it's a bad like some some review outlets are like it's simply just the worst movie of the year, um, and honestly, like I watched the trailers for it, and I can't help feeling it feels like an SNL skit. Like, yeah, Chris Rock being like, you know, be careful, like you, got, you can't like, escape, and it just feels like the one lead of those, detective. Like, digital, yeah, one yeah. of those digital <laughs> SNL skits. Um, but you know, I mean, I like Chris Rock. I don't really like Saw, but maybe you know, once it goes to streaming or something, I'll check it out. No, I mean it's yeah, but it's like also crazy. It's like man, how many Saws were there? And it's like you really. We needed a That's reboot it. of this. Is it a like, reboot or just like a prequel? I'm a, I think it's I'm like a prequel, but still like... Is it the second one or is this the first like Book of Saw? I feel like it's the second one. Maybe it's the first one. Could be right. I couldn't tell you. It's one of those <laughs> things that blends, which, which is why I'm like, 
kind of interesting that it's like he's not just like featured on it. It's like he kind of like led the charge on it. Yeah, it was like the Black feels Panther album, obviously, but just uh, yeah, it feels weird to me. <laughs> not, um, not quite the same attention to detail. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all that being said, I, I feel like this nudie album is more authentic. It just it does feel like it's playing on that same like aesthetic, you know, right. with the artwork and the name and all that. But it also, is just just real quick. How much do you think that NFT is going to be worth here in like six months? You know what I mean? Like I I'm all for the uh, you know artists getting their bag, but man, I I just ponder what a young nudie NFT is really worth it's also like he doesn't own the chucky doll you know like is that not a is that is that a copyright concern or anything you think or i don't know that it's like actually that's pretty damn close um <laughs> yeah i don't know that's that's an interesting point too so i don't know but i mean it's not like he's like i guess if you're not like reproducing like live materials there's probably an argument to be made that it's different enough maybe maybe Depends how much money you selling those things for, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, too. How much they're going to be concerned about it. Yeah, no, that's definitely true, too. All in all, though, definitely worth a listen. Yeah, that's on my list. Diehard Young Nudie fan, so. Um, the other one that came out last Friday was uh, the deluxe from Unbothered for Lil Sky's latest project. Right. Um, the first song on, like, kind of the list of bonus tracks ice water with trippy red super dope uh song with draco the ruler uh is posse and that one's also cool and then i liked bloody emotions too and then there were some on here that are kind of like like perfect groove is one of the songs uh off the deluxe and i was like i've never heard uh a sky song like this yeah it was almost like he was like it was like a like almost like a you know drake kind of island um vibe sort of approach and i was like some dance hall yeah a little bit i was like huh okay huh not i don't i don't know that this is what i was expecting at all but um yeah it didn't fall in in my top three from from the deluxe tracks so if i'm not like a diehard little skies fan is this still worth checking out you think or yeah i mean it's 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 cool, yeah. I mean, the song with Trippy Red for sure, hands down, is is worth checking out. I think Ice Water. Ice Water. Uh, and then the other one that this was, and since we skipped last week, I threw it in here because I've been listening to it a decent amount too. Is uh, Thank You for Believing, which is the new Tusi project. Um, so he's from New York. I feel like he's been popping up like featured on a lot of people's stuff. Right. Um. So like that's like really the only reason he was on my radar. But I mean, he's got um song with uh mulatto on here uh the baby key glock the one with key glock is sick um and then there's there's some other solid ones i like windows down tick tick uh and end of discussion too were some of my other favorites but overall this is a cool project i mean he's he's kind of got like a i don't know like i like a more like smoother kind of you know delivery too like it's not like is it like a drill thing like is it are we talking like, you know, CJ Pop Smoke <clears throat> era drill, no. New York drill? No, mm-hmm. this is like no. a New yeah, York hip hop thing. Yeah, a little bit. And I, like I said, he's got kind of like a more like chiller vibe too, a little bit. So, Word. but I don't know. It was a cool project. Um, yeah, on my end, man, not a ton of new projects this last week, but I had to listen to a lot of music. Um, after that, Isaiah Rashad single drops. Got super into Duke Deuce. 
um, just like been running Memphis Massacre one and two back to back, as well as Duke Nukem. Um, and he has some crazy tracks on there uh, on all three of those. Definitely recommend checking out Duke Nukem if you're just looking for a quick glance. But I definitely see if you're into like Three Six Mafia, right, or any of that Memphis hip hop, any of those projects will do the do the uh, job. But off uh, Duke Nukem Gangster Party with Offset, I think they just dropped that video like last week. Fire. Then he has Spin with Fujiano, uh, which I really like. It's probably one of my favorite songs on the project. Is that the connection then with him and Isaiah Rashad is the Tennessee thing? I think technically, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's from Memphis, so <laughs> I don't know where they, I mean, so Duke, Duke used to sign the quality control too, so I don't know if that had a future. Did you read the, are we talk, did we talk about this yet on there? We could talk about the Isaiah Rashad article. Did you read that Vader cover? Uh, no, I didn't read that. Okay, well, nonetheless, I did. Um, and he spends a lot, a lot of the time talking about how he wanted to like, where he spent like the last like six months of like relative sobriety, like listening to like younger rappers, right? And trying to figure out how to get in touch with the scene because, you know, it's changed a lot since Sun's tirade, right? right. So I feel like this is like, dropping this song was like a clear step in that direction, right? It's, it's obviously someone trying to play up to kind of what the kids are listening to these days, which I think disappointed some Isaiah Rashad fans, but I'm, I'm always in the mindset, like relatively young artists to the game. So it's not like he had some kind of like clear cut defined sounds, in my opinion. But on top of that, we still have two, or at least one classic album and one classic project, whatever you call the Soviet demos. Um, so I'm not super concerned about it, but do you, do you like that single? Yeah, no, I thought it was dope. And I think I've got it on the, I got it on Michelin McDonald's here in a little bit. Oh, we so did. we can, uh, yeah, oh, we can, uh, we can definitely hit that <laughs> again right, later, but yeah, again. we got it. But, uh, and then what was, what, what else you've been listening to though? Uh, yeah. So Fago. So I think I might have brought him up a couple, maybe like a month back, but just been bumping Angelic seven, a bunch. Uh, he just dropped a cool Bennett video for one of the songs. Kind of, kind of crazy. Cause the project's from 2019. So the song's been around you know, for almost two years now, but uh, they just dropped the video. That song goes specifically, uh, Knock Knock. It was crazy, but there's a bunch of cool songs on their projects. And then on his most recent EP, um, he has a song called Chrome, which is really dope. Um, I just was been listening to a bunch of Sofago. He's just like got that, <clears throat> I'm trying to think what the sound is exactly. It's definitely like Cardi inspired, you know what I mean? A little bit, really like nasally, really loud bass, <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, it's fun songs, you know. Um, so I've been listening to that a bunch. How do you think they, like, why do you think Cole ended up doing that video for yeah, the song? So there's a lot of two years old running around on this on the internet. So on Spotify, all of his projects changed to say they were distributed by Cactus Jack. So kind of, but Apple Music they they still say just Sofago. I don't know if someone screwed that up there or what happened, or you know, Cactus Jack and and Interscope, whoever that is, is or Epic is still adjusting that Republic. I can't remember. Still adjusting those projects, but I kind of think he might have signed Cactus Jack. They picked that as just kind of the the lead single for the kind of re-release for uh, Sofago. But yeah, no, I think that's definitely really interesting. I don't think you see that often enough, but I think it should be something that happens more often because I mean that song is great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, but I, I think it's just like almost not their mo, right? Because every time they do a video, it's like they release it the day that the song is released like yeah i think so i think is one of those weird guys who's like kind of been on the radar for a lot of like soundcloud uh fans so like he i mean he's been on soundcloud for years right he all his music's distributed through repost network prior uh to cactus jack so i kind of think he's just been on that underground wave for a while so not sure once again why they chose that song but when you listen to all this song maybe it makes a lot more sense it's definitely the one that is the catchiest right like a lot of these other songs are yeah. pretty um 
abstract in their structure. So I don't know. Yeah, definitely not their MO, but I also think it's such an unknown song that it's basically like it works. Yeah. Right? Like, it it's going to climb yeah. the SoundCloud charts again. We're going to see this thing pop up all over the summer. And I'm not sure. Is he on that Summer Smash lineup? I'm sure he is. That's a good question. I would assume I would assume so, especially because they expanded it three days. True. But yeah, I would love to see him for sure. Yeah, he's on it. So <clears throat> that'd be cool too. Um, but let's talk about this J. Cole album, man. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, so Sam so yeah. is waiting to hear our thoughts. So All right. Well, I, I know Sam was asking people their thoughts. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, the offseason, new project from J. Cole – uh, came along with you know the uh, the applying pressure documentary as well that yep. you know was what like seven minutes long yep. um, so I mean I thought it was very interesting like when he was kind of in that documentary talking about you know like that he had basically been hoarding songs right yep. and a lot of them are for the fall off which I assume well is the next project right. coming after this one I'm kind of wondering when that'll be but we can we can hit that at the tail end, but right. it did make me think while listening to this, kind of knowing that, like, what's what's new, like, what has he been sitting on for a while? Right. I have some thoughts, but um, we can just kind of run through, you know, some of my favorite tracks. Yeah. We can run through some of yours and then, you know, kind of beat this up a little bit. But I think my favorite song is My Life, the one with 21 Savage and Moray. Super dope that he put Moray on it. Yeah. Um, because obviously North Carolina guy. Yep. Um, so cool to see him put him on this one to me feels like uh, outside of the chorus yeah. he's been sitting on for a while. Cause this right. almost feels like they wrote, they did this exactly after they did a lot. Yeah. I feel that. But well, I guess like real quick, like just <clears throat> as far as like J. Cole areas, do you think the more autotune heavy stuff is more recent or older? Right. Like the first two or three tracks open they're, they're, they're pretty attitude heavy, right? Like that was my first thought listening to this. That was my, I thought the same thing too. I was like, huh? Like, the first three Weird. songs, I was like, this is not his style at all. No. And then it, and then you kind of settle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a you see it go real, yeah, you're, he pivots yeah. real hard, like four songs, then it goes back to much more right. traditional J. Cole. 100%. But I can't tell which one is the, you know, is the fall off, right? And which one is more, I don't know, just stuff he's been sitting on for years, you know, like. <clears throat> I, I kind of, I kind of think that they're like almost older, but you would, I would think they'd be a little bit older that he's like been hoarding them, yeah. but it's also interesting to think about it even on a, like a wider, I guess, time spectrum because the last project KOD, the right. last song 1985 yep. is like the intro to uh, the fall off. Right. Right. And in that song, he's basically shitting on new rap right. and like Lil pump specifically. Right. And it's like, being all about being a traditionalist right so it's like if you think about it in that scope it's like i got no idea where those first couple songs came from right i think and i also I, don't yeah. yeah no I was, I was gonna say like i think it's weird because you would think that he would space them out like not chronologically but just because those are the first three tra tracks on the album that those would be the ones he made probably a little earlier right because they just don't mesh with the rest of the project really all that much sonically but at the same time the idea of the fall off makes so much more sense to me with the attitude, right? Like we're talking like contemporary music that like, you know, that that like the idea of falling off, right? Like that's something so classic when a rapper starts to use autotune in their career, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like we saw it with Kanye, we saw it with 
even with Kendrick a couple with a couple of times he sings on on Damn right you've seen it with obviously I don't know Magna Carter Holy Grail whatever was going on there <laughs> you know there's been a ton of instances where or Lil Wayne obviously uh, yeah. after the Carter three right like it's always been a synonymous with the rapper falling off everyone's like oh like you know they they not spit anymore they're falling off which is why it feels like that's that's what he was going that. for like yeah. yeah like just kidding I'm I'm still here right like, but then he's like oh these are kind of heaters like maybe I should put them on <laughs> on the project. Cause I feel like you just want like, you'd want like one of those right on the, on the fall. Yeah. Like you'd want to like make the point and then like kind of move on to your traditional style. You wouldn't want to like lay down 15 minutes of, of autotune tracks for your, for your hardcore fans. Right. Um, but uh, I think I kind of, yeah, the whole project reminds me of the untitled and mastered Kendrick one a little bit where it's like, none of it just feels all of that. Like untitled. And mastered, yeah. Not that cohesive, not that like well thought out. And for both J. Cole and Kendrick, that's obviously strange. I mean, obviously for Kendrick, he was very straightforward. And he was like, this is what this is, right? And for J. Cole, he definitely made it seem more like a cohesive project, right? Because he, he tweeted about having to release Interlude a week early because he was like, you know, really want to just release this as one cohesive project, but, you know, the label is like, yeah, put out a single, so here we go. Um, which I thought was interesting because then listening to it, I was like, uh, you probably could have dropped like two or three singles from this. I don't think it would have detracted from the overall. I, I would have thought, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're gonna drop a single, it's it's my life, right? In my, exactly. In I my agree. mind, I mean, it, got, it definitely wouldn't have been interlude, dude. <laughs> it's got the best top. hook. It's got yeah. the feature, like. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, but I also think like that to all the points you've been making might fall into his greater picture of what this all is, right? Is like this is just the off season. This is not a coherent cohesive piece of work like this is just some heaters to hold you over until this kind of you know yeah it's just just so hard to read what it is you know like a little bit i just can't tell and i think by probably by design a little bit a little bit but i also feel like you you'd have to imagine that he was hoping that people would be talking about it a little bit more a week later or whatever like or five days later you know what i mean like i just put the discourse hasn't hasn't been there it's not one of those projects no one's like is this gonna be album of the year you know like I just don't think those conversations are happening yeah i feel like i saw a bunch a bunch of people on twitter were saying that like on, on friday, friday. Yeah, yeah but it's been four days and i haven't right. seen it again you know what i mean like it's not yeah. it's not it's not like 2014 forest hills drive right where it was like oh shit like we've got something kind of got a spectrum affecting here right where it's like okay like you know we're seeing j cole level up i mean at this point we're, we're seeing j cole do what he does well right do a couple little new things but just the intention of it's not super clear and i, and I feel like the point of this project was to stir up a little bit more controversy right like i think those attitude songs opening were supposed to be like oh man like what is this like a new direction and then you know he's got some bars he's got some hard-hitting beats on here that just i mean aren't making like a drake level splash you know what i mean like it's not like drake dropping dark lane demo Right, even though this will probably outsell that, I feel like, <clears throat> um, or at least this will debut at number one, which Dark Lane failed to yeah. do. So I feel like that conjured far more discussion or like controversy. You know, like I, that's that's what feels the strangest to me. Like I expected this to be a bigger deal. Yeah, I feel that a little bit. Um, but I mean, <laughs> and. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I do feel that a little bit, but I, I think that once again is kind of like almost almost the point. Like it's just the off season. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean I, and I get that he titled it that, but that's like that's like saying people didn't try to make untitled unmastered 
album of the year every step of the way, right? Like, I mean, that it was followed with a pretty serious press situation, right? Like, because those songs are like objectively good in this project. Like, I have like one, like maybe three songs that I that I like, right? I don't think I have a single song that I love, um, and that's like my biggest issue. And there's a couple of songs that I think are like legitimately questionable on it. Um, what are what are the ones that you think? Let's let's go. Let's walk. Let's walk down the line of from yeah. legitimately questionable to you know, the ones you like. I mean, I think, I think I go back to interlude is like, <clears throat> I mean, I've just heard it more times that I really personally just don't enjoy all that much. And like, I, it's a cool song. Like I get it. But like when I compare everything, including interlude to the LA leakers freestyle, which was really cool. Technically. Um, they're like, I think interlude is like a weird, like kind of Drake thing going on with this flow a little bit. You know what I mean? Where he's like doing this like flutter with his pitch and everything and it's just like whoa like what's going on here um and uh yeah you know it's not a huge not a huge fan of that song whereas you know i think like 100 mil is cool i mean i really like boss right i think that beats cool i think um i think amari's you know a solid song but i still feel like we're spending a lot of time like talking about like high school and college or really college in this one right and maybe we're supposed to be like slowly getting more of his life but I would like to hear about J. Cole as like, as like a 30 year old, a little bit more, you know what I mean? Like, I think, uh, what was the one after 2014 Four Souls Drive? Uh, four, it's like four or something. Uh, for Your Eyes Only. I really like For Your Eyes Only because, I mean, well, not my favorite J. Cole album. Like it felt like him like growing. I, like I saw the next step of progression after 2014 Four Souls Drive. It was like him a little bit more mature, right? Him going back to North Carolina, right? Reconnecting with his roots a little bit, like having his issues with his neighbors, obviously. Um, and then, you know, KOD, I thought, wasn't my favorite project. I uh, just didn't didn't wholeheartedly agree with what he was trying to say there. Um, and then this one, yeah, it just feels <laughs> feels like a little bit of a, like this should have been the sequel to like 2014 Four Souls Drive, right? If this had dropped in 2015, we would have been like, holy shit, like this is sick, you know what I mean? But I feel like a lot of his fans that fell in love with like his stories about like having a boner in high school, right, are now like th- you know 26 to 30. So it's like now we're talking about college. It's like man, that was six years ago for me <laughs> like you know what i mean seven years ago for me like i'm starting to forget those stories about myself like i'm not really that interested in hearing the ones about your life um and that's that's kind of where i'm at on it <laughs> you know yeah nah i mean i feel that um so what are the ones you do like nah, I, I like 100 mil and i like amari i like i like okay. um 121 savage although i, I kind of uh, thought okay. some of the bars some of the 21 savage bars are a little funny but um, but no, I think those are decent tracks. I disrespect but, you respectfully. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's just like, I'm not, yeah. gonna, I'm not holding to a crazy standard here. Cause I get that it's not a full album. Like it's not like J Cole's falling off. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, just not that many songs I'm going to be bumping for the rest of the year. I don't think. You don't like uh, pride is the devil. The one with little baby. Not really. I thought that was interesting. An- another one that made me think, like, when is this song from? I feel like it's got to be because it's ex- it's the same beat from uh, "I Can't Decide" the Amine song yeah. from the album last year. Right. And like, I saw Amine posted like they Facetimed each other, so that one's probably got to be newer. Um, Fair. And then the other one that was interesting to me, and I wonder when this. I think this one's got to be older. Is uh, close because that beat is like the same uh it's the same beat from do you know the song uh freedom by the game that came out yeah. when we were like yep, yep. in high school right like no, senior I, yeah. of high school 
yeah i mean that's the same same sample right um and i feel like that one just feels older to me but who knows yeah the i think my favorite uh part of the album when i was like listening that i was like really to your point of like the first few tracks you being like what what's going on here is it applying pressure the like the horn at the beginning i was like what's going on here (laughs) yeah but actually that song i feel like despite that front part (laughs) i kind of like that song it's all right man but i just i stand by the idea that it's like i just don't see these being in my my rotation for a long long time here um and like i think if i was like 16 again and i heard these i'd be like oh hell yeah like this is hands down like my favorite project of the last 18 months probably you know what i mean just like the older i get the like less the like stories about i don't know things that should be relatable to me appeal to me you know what i mean like especially post-covid like man music is escapism 100 and this music is like not escapism at all um and that's where i'm at and once again i just think there's some weird flows uh that i don't love so you know, so is it sure. safe to say you haven't you haven't found your your project of the summer no, yet? No, and I didn't expect this to be it either. But um, you know, like yeah, I like J. Cole, but he's not he's not my like greatest of all time guy, you know what I mean? So uh would it surprise me <laughs> if he was. But I think we're getting closer, man. I feel it with all these singles dropping, and we'll talk about some of them initial McDonald's, like I feel like we're rapidly approaching a bunch of people dumping some like shorter projects and a bunch of new tracks that hopefully are ready for the summer. And I think once again, if I was in high school or something or early in college, I think this would be potentially an album for this album for sure. <clears throat> but uh, any other thoughts on it? Any other tracks you want to highlight? I guess I cut you off like halfway through your review. No, you're good. I mean, um, I, I mean, I agreed. I like 100 mil, my life. Um, I like close just because I like that beat. Like I just like that beat, and I feel like that's more of like a meaningful story. Um, but, uh, and then I, I do like, uh, what was the other? I like Pride is the Devil. And I think Little Baby versus Dope at the end. Yeah, just to hear kind of hit that at the end. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. overall, like, I thought it was cool. Like, I've been listening to it. I've been bumping it a lot, so. Fair enough. I might, I might have a, a more naive take than you, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I'm just looking for something new, you know? Like, I think if you, like, look back at the Sofago track real, real quick, and you're like, Man, this song is so much less complex sonically, lyrically than everything on the J. Cole album. But I would just rather listen to that on repeat all day than listen to the J. Cole album a single time. Um, that's not what I'm doing. I'm absolutely listening to both. But, you know, I, there's just something <clears throat> about the project that just isn't clicking for me right now. So we'll see. But uh, the music video was cool for Mario. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think there's Probably a lot to follow. Me. Yeah. Um, helicopter is crazy he's got the kid super jacket on dude the helicopter where he's like flying it with a little remote control but it's a actual helicopter, actual helicopter outside. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, but yeah you know i got i got big expectations for the fallout so we'll see what happens um so if you are curious about any of those songs and you want to listen to more music uh please check out our uh, playlists we have medium rare dac wave radio and deep cuts uh, the first two are pretty hip-hop heavy Deep Cuts is a pretty eclectic mix of everything from house to funk uh, to soul. So definitely check those out and uh, let us know what you think. And Dakota, you want to take us into our favorite game? Yeah, let's do it. So Michelin and McDonald's, obviously. Uh, for those who've listened before, know how it works. If the song is hot, 
you love it, you need it, that would be Michelin. If eh, it's not that great, you could live without it, or eh, I'll probably never listen to this again, that would be McDonald's. So we got five this week. Uh, the first one is His and Hers, the new internet money song with Don Tolliver, Gunna, and Lil Uzi Vert. What do you think on this one? I think the song's fire. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I mean, it's definitely on par with what they've kind of consistently been putting out. I also just, I it, a little bit to me, I'd say, I'm saying Michelin, but a little bit to me is like, they're just like, Lemonade worked. Let's just right. try to replicate Lemonade because yeah. it's got Dante, Gunna, um, yeah. and then you just throw Uzi. Uzi on there. Like, I think my issue, I think it's michelin but i'm really on the line on this one because my issue with it is it's like a little too like sing-songy like not you know what i mean like lemonade had a really catchy hook and had a really hard-hitting beat right so you have that like juxtaposition of like you know i don't know what they're talking about but with just the beat that just slaps this one's like a little bit more of a like you know crossover with r&b um but you know i mean i like all these people <laughs> it's a good song but it definitely is not the, it's definitely not competing with Lemonade in my head for my favorite. No, no, definitely. So definitely not. I mean, but that was also, I mean, one of candidly, the songs of the this year is my least year. favorite song on this list. Uh, All right. Fair so, enough. So. Well, well, we'll keep it rolling then on, on that note. Uh, the next one is Miss the Rage with Trippy Red and Playboy Cardi. Yeah. This is an easy omission for me, right? I've been hearing this beat on TikTok for like six months. Like I, I like when they finally dropped this. Like oh right, like this is what that's from. Like it's been so long since I heard that snippet. Um, I think this is this song is hot. The beat specifically is really hot. I think you know it's not the most interesting song <clears throat> to be honest with you. And I think the hook is like almost utter nonsense. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a heater. So I mean I've been listening to it a bunch. Uh, no, I mean I yeah I totally agree. Uh, have you seen that? Have you seen that video? that's been floating around the internet. That's like, if you listen to um, uh, jump out the sky and then into this, mm. it's, it's kind of sick. Uh, to do that. Just like, um, yeah, just like pushing, I'll, I'll send you the link yes, after this. We'll, we'll follow up. Um, next up though is uh Lewicha, which is Isaiah Rashad and Duke Deuce. Yeah. I mean, this is my favorite song on this list. I think this song is so underrated right now. Um, like, I think a lot of people might've like listened to this on like AirPods or something the first time, but like, you put this thing in like some serious speakers at like a, a medium sized now legally large size gathering and <laughs> the song bumps <laughs> like this song goes crazy the duke deuce verse is hilarious the music video is hilarious i think people are we're really looking for some like boom bap <laughs> you know bullshit or whatever but i think that if you look past whatever your preconceived notions were for the lead isaiah rashad single this is a heater no doubt about it not as most lyrically interesting song not as most thematically interesting song but I have faith that it will fit into his larger picture for the projects. You know what I mean? And on the other, and then, you know, it's also just a fire single. Yeah. No, and I, I would assume the next one's going to be pretty different Probably if I had true. to guess. So, I mean, we'll have to see how it goes, but no, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it too. I I'd definitely say Michelin. Yeah. Um, next up new Bugatti, which is Lil Nars, Ski Master Slump God and Chief Keef. Yeah. I really like this one. Um, this one also like is just like <laughs> really wacky, um, a, a crazy collab, but I think it's super hot. Um, it's like the most fun I've had listening to a Lil Nard song in like a year and a half. So um, <laughs> stoked about that. And then obviously, I mean, yeah, just the, the lineup, the video is like pretty silly. Like I don't know, the whole thing is just 
just a good collab that I would never have like asked for on paper. You know, I would never be like, I need Lil Nar, Chief Keep, and Ski Mask on the same song, but it's just hot. Uh, and then in the last one here is uh, Straightening, which is by the Migos. Yeah, I think this is Michelin. I think, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but I guess it's actually our next topic, so this will really lead into it. But I think the biggest issue with this single that I see is that it sounds like every other Migos song. And, you know, we haven't had a good Migos single in like, a, what, like two years almost now? Um, <clears throat> probably. I mean, there were a couple bad singles in there, but. You haven't had like a solid, just like normal. They had that god awful song with Travis Scott. What was that called? Um, it's like uh, fuck up the club or something. It was so bad. Yeah, I, I can't even. Yeah, um, I can't even think of what it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, this feels like a good return to form for them, right? Uh, but you know, I'm just hoping that they have something. They bring some new energy to to the full project, right? Because I mean, if it's just let's just say pretending it's 28 songs, just because everyone's albums are of this, it'll be unlistable um, so uh but yeah if someone listening can tell me what the beat samples or what the beat sounds like please let me know because i've been trying to google it all day and i cannot figure out but it sounds just like another song and i don't know what it is um, homework for everyone out there listening yeah but uh notes. yeah no i mean i guess to that point you said it but culture three uh they announced yesterday on monday that it'll be dropping on June 11th in a tweet saying June 11th we back. Um, so a yeah, press I mean, release. do you see that? Little yeah, little yeah, little awesome. press release. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean like what? So what are your expectations for that album? I I think like I think you kind of already said it because obviously culture first culture like that was what 20. 2013 when that dropped 2014 or no 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 it's 2017 20 that was our we were seniors in college i'm just yeah. getting senior years mixed yeah. up um no but it was i know right um no so but culture one 2017 like that whole project super fire and that was like i feel like right when they were already they'd been doing a bunch of stuff that was getting them all sorts of crazy attention but like yep. this well, bad and that was like, their, like a year by then yeah and but like the, bad and bougie was definitely the ascent into the mainstream like right. but like that project i think really kind of elevated them to almost like the pinnacle of rap music at the time yep um and so it's just like culture two like while there's some heaters on there it's not as not as wow. good as like a body of work i don't think well, I think, I think you have to take a step back and, and ask why, though. So Culture 1 was 13 songs. Culture 2 is 24 songs. I think there's, there's just, maybe not just as many, but there's close to as many good songs on Culture 2 as Culture 1. But it was, so hard, noise, to, it was so hard to suss them out for the first like, three months yeah. it was out. It was like, I mean, yeah, like, is Gang Gang, Too Much Jewelry, Flooded, Beast, Open It Up? Have you ever listened to any of those? <laughs> like, oh, those oh, are six songs. Up. Yeah, it's true. Six songs in a row. You know what I mean? Like, Beast. I have no idea. Damn. I didn't know they had a song. I, I might have to go run back Beast this weekend. And then and then on top of that, I mean, obviously, Walk It Like I Talk It, Narcos had its moment. Uh, yeah, Open It Up, uh, Motorsport. Uh, and then they had, what was, there was one other big one. Oh, uh, Stir Fire, obviously. But I think on the first project, you had all the songs with features stand out. Like, those are some of the best songs. And on the second project, the ones with the features were some of the worst songs. Like, do you, I, don't, I don't remember Two Playa at all with Two Chains. I can't tell you that's a good song. 
Notice Me with Post Malone. I kind of remember that one, but I don't think it stood out. You know what I mean? Like it just, uh, White Sand. I don't think that was a heater. Uh, CC with Gucci Mane. I don't remember that one at all. Uh, Bad Bitches Only with 21 Savage. It sounds really familiar, but. I kind of like how does that Bad one go? Bitches Only. Bad Bitches okay, Only. Okay, yeah, that one's all right. But like, I mean, we're talking compared to like, you know, Bad Boogie, time, then a best Slippery, Deads, and Kelly Price. I mean. Kelly you know. Price. I mean, but that's, but that's, see, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, so I get your point. It's the amount of tracks. So you think this will be contingent on how well, I think it's there. I think it's, it's a, it's just a, uh, almost like an allegory for the quality control is lack of quality control. Right. Because I think in between these two projects, I think we also saw the quality control album. Right. Don't you remember that one with, uh, yeah. Ice Tray and all that. And that was also like, wasn't that like 30 songs? That like, was like 38 songs. Right. Like that was, I, 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 yeah, that was ridiculous. I think a big piece of this project falls back on like their ability to, to have some quality control, right? Because I think if they had, I mean, first of all, I don't know why everyone phoned in their guest versus on the second one versus the first one. Very strange that, that was the case. Um, and I don't know if that's just a label making the decision, you know, and be like, oh, this is going to be a hit. Like, let's get Big Sean on this one. Total mistake. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, but I do think a piece of it's how long the project is. Like, I'll, you're going to know when you see it drop or the track list drops. And if it's 12 songs, my expectations will be very high, but I'll be much more confident that it'll deliver. If it's just 30 songs, I'm like, I'm going to be like, okay, like, this is probably going to be pretty rough. Like, there's going to be, you know, two or three songs that I'm really going to like. And then I'm probably not going to wait till, other... wait till the little star on Apple right or the, the, bars, the on bars on Spotify. On Spotify yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, kind of my concern uh, yeah and then like i kind of think we've seen the same issue with lil yachty last couple years not issue but like that that sense of like quality control once again uh just hasn't necessarily always shown through so i'm just hoping that you know migos is a big deal and i mean while the culture 2 was not the best project it still sold super well i mean yeah it did well people still was, i walk it like i talk it's still one of my favorite music videos out right now so um I have high expectations that they did deliver. I mean, it's also been so long. I mean, Offset's been super hot now for like two years. We haven't really heard from Quavo at all. And then, I mean, we never hear from Take Off. So, I, I mean, when they did all the solo projects, Takes takes was maybe my favorite. True, but like, what has he done since then? It's been Nothing. pretty quiet. You're yeah. right. No, you're right. right. But Offset, I mean, Offset's just been at it. You know what I mean? Like, even on this new Do Do single, right? Like, he crushes that. <laughs> he sounds great. Yeah. So it's like, you know, bring a little bit more of that, you know, energy from uh, from Offset, maybe a little less to Quavo's Odyssey, even though Quavo's traditionally my favorite. I think it'll be listenable. Like, I think it'll be good. But that could be an album for the summer. You know, they could deliver here. I'm, you know, I don't know if I'd bet cash on it, but, but maybe I would. Because <laughs> uh, right now it seems like the most... I mean, the only I don't, I don't know if I'd bet cash on it, but maybe I would. Well, I'm thinking about it. It's like, I mean, who else is dropping an album this summer that we know of right now? We don't have any other dates yet, do we? This is the one to look forward to at the moment. So, yeah. Hopefully, they deliver. Well, we'll have to find out June 11th. June 11th. Uh, all right, cool. Well, we'll keep it moving here. So, some interesting news, and I, I said the old name earlier, but slightly by design here so we could actually set this up and talk about it but uh 
Uh, Mulatto changed her name to Lotto now officially, as she tweeted, Lotto season. And you, you, me, and Zoe actually talked about this right. um, in like January because there was a lot of controversy about her name and obviously being, you know, uh, like right. demeaning uh, to, to various groups. So, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I feel like you were saying, well, if she changes her name, no one's going to know who she is. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, there's two things to this. Um, first of all, just changing your name point blank is always a risk, right? Because you lose a lot of equity, I mean, equity, right? And just name recognition. Um, like if, if, so like you said, Mulatto, she's still credited as Mulatto on the Tusi album that drops that you talked about earlier, right? But if it was Lotto, I'd have no idea that was her until we talked about this today. Like none, you know what I mean? Like, as much as, as prevalent as social media and everything is nowadays, I still feel like it's hard to get that message through to fans, especially casual fans, right? Um, I think another good example is Dram, right? Dram released an album under a different name, under uh, Shelly, under his actual name. Have you listened to that yet? No, because I didn't to be, know it was supposed him. to be pretty good. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely a concern there. You know, I'm sure, I mean, Lotto's definitely a big play for some label right now. I feel like she's getting a lot of attention. So she signed a Gucci Mane. I mean, uh, no, situation. no i think it was someone i think she signed somewhere else because he has the song that made us even talk about this right. was uh that freaky girl remix right. yep. off the og gucci man song and he says something on there that's like i wanted to sign her but she was already signed so i think right. she signed somewhere else um so, i don't know who yeah. she signed to but someone's gonna beat us over the head with the name change probably with a big single here i imagine but uh, risky. The other piece is that I mean I just don't know about the name. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe people were calling her that a lot from the start, but it sounds like a lottery or like a like a dog or something. Like lotto sounds something in my head. I can't remember what that is, but it sounds like a mascot or something or somebody. You know what I mean? Does that sound familiar? Like a sports mascot or something? <laughs> also, it looks like latte. Now you change it to an A. Um, well, it is an A. I had it wrong. Lotto. So I mean, really, she cut two letters. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, a name that needs no introduction, uh, Jay-Z was recently announced that he was he will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's pretty dope. Um, I think I think it's always interesting to see like when they induct certain rappers into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. right? Like how do they kind of you know how do they make a distinction right? right like of of i guess because i assume there's probably some sort of conversation of like they've had enough influence on music as a whole right. that's then influenced rock and roll or i mean any thought there yeah i i, I wanted the same thing right because like i <laughs> we've like really lost a little bit of the sense of what rock and roll is, right? Like was rock and roll like a movement, right? Or is rock and roll the genre of, of rock, right? Like, right. you know what I mean? And I don't know exactly how, and like there also has to be a conversation internally there just about getting PR, right? They're like, we have to do something to like get people to care about a, this thing. Yeah, right? why, like, why do they still care? Right, why, because like- Why do people still want to go to Cleveland for this? Right, because there are diminished, like rock as a genre is Columbus. diminishing, right? Do you see the stat uh, last week that was Drake has had more 
definitely has spent more time on the billboard, has gotten more billboard points in the last decade than all of rock and roll. Um, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a changing landscape of music, right? And they've got to be just sitting there being like, yeah, how do we stay relevant, right? Because I assume that they must employ people, right? <laughs> At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like they must have full-time employees um, working for this thing for the foundation, right? <laughs> just got to be sitting there. Yeah. We got to raise money for this thing. Like we got to have to get people to show up to it. Um, so I think that's the first place, right? Um, th- so what is it? It's 15 years or 16 years after your first release that you qualify? 15 because jay-z dropped in 96 it's gotta be 15 yeah um so i think that's also interesting right so you know like is jay-z gonna be a symbolic one right where like you have jay-z turning point almost well yeah it's either is it a turning point or is it like a scapegoat right you're gonna add like two rappers right just to like try to remain relevant and test the waters but then they're gonna revert back to rock and roll right oh yeah is this gonna be a permanent turning point right like that's gonna be the question because i mean we're like we're really now entering I mean, I think Eric B. and Rakeem would have been a decent chance also for this. Um, obviously, anyone from the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, you know, Public Enemy. There's a lot of artists pre-Jay-Z that I think would be interesting for the conversation, but did we wait for Jay-Z because he's... Was he the first, though? Or is, I don't know if he's like, the first, I, but I'm I just feel like, is NWA not in it? Oh, NWA might be. So. Yes, NWA got added in 2016. But like, we got. Let's see. Uh, so Eric B and Rakeem made it to the finals for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2011. I don't know what that means. I guess they didn't get fully inducted. Um, they're like considered. They were considered. They were nominated for induction, but they did not make the final selection. So yeah, I mean. I guess if it's an academy situation, right, that's interesting. Jay-Z just had enough name recognition to get enough votes to qualify. But, I mean, I just think it's it's always weird when it's, like, just, like, the three most popular artists, but I, not necessarily the ones that, that laid the groundwork for the genre, right? Because, like, if this was the hip-hop Hall of Fame, right, Eric, Eric B. and Rakeem would have been an obvious decision to add in because they were, like, forerunners for this thing, right? Like, right. they laid a lot of foundation for artists after that, especially on the East Coast. But when you're entering... Uh, a, rock, a hall of fame that's already been rolling for 50 years or whatever however long the rock and roll hall of fame's been around then they're just automatically going to jump to the bigger names which I think is kind of annoying but I mean good for Jay-Z I, I'm not going to Cleveland to go check this thing unless out. he got unless yo he got fully in off uh, the collision course project with Linkin Park fair that's all it took but I guess I mean, that, that should be all it takes to that point to that point you know it it put him further down the the time the time uh, spectrum. Is Lincoln Park in the Hall of Fame? Dude, what was their was their first release 20, 15 years ago? Uh, probably not. No, no, first release was two thousand. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait. Is it twenty five? Twenty five years. Twenty five years. Okay. Yeah, get that math wrong. Twenty five years. So, I mean, I feel like they've got to be right. Like once they once we get to twenty twenty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully, right? But who knows? I mean, that's a funky thing too. Twenty five years, but <clears throat> good for Jay Z. Quarter of a century, man. Um, but yeah, and then I thought, you know, throw this on here too, just to shout it out. But they uh, they also had the NBA Hall of Fame uh, inductions over the weekend, and Kobe Bryant was inducted. I don't know. Did you watch this speech at all that Vanessa gave? Mm-hmm. Um, I- no, I mean it was. It. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty, you know, powerful sure. to to see her get up on stage and yeah with Michael Jordan and um just deliver that speech and just the way that she continues to carry herself, you know, Absolutely. after that is crazy. Crazy. Um, but it's also crazy. Like I've seen a bunch of stuff talking about like he had two Hall of Fame careers with like when he was the number eight and then the number 24. Yeah. Like both a decade, you know, eight and eight and 10 all-star games, like two and three championships, like pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Two separate Hall of Fame careers. It's a Jay-Z man. Yeah. But also, I mean, kingdom comes close. (laughs) Yeah. I heard a lot of people talk about too, like, you know, a lot of times, some it still doesn't necessarily feel like that is real you know like right. that these people are gone and tell, but like it was also pretty eerie to see them inducting him and he's not there you know right. like definitely that's definitely eerie i mean it's definitely been weird because there's been no one at the basketball games for you know tears too so yeah i feel like that absence has like kind of been not like less missed but just like less noticeable because everyone's been absent from like a Lakers right. game or whatever you know what I mean so, yeah um, but no definitely plan on watching Sunday but probably not today fair enough yeah um <laughs> well uh we're definitely gonna wrap it up here with the nightcap on a much lighter note as uh in a recent interview Seth Rogen admits that he did in fact audition for the role of Cheddar Bob in Eight Mile um and so Eight Mile came out in 2003 Right. And Seth Rogen had the role in 40 year old version, which I think was like one of the first that really kind of jump started his career in 2004. So yeah. it was just like, I was thinking, man, like what if eight mile was Seth Rogen's <laughs> breakout role? Yeah, I feel as like Cheddar Bob. Taken a, a very different it, turn. It probably huh? would not have, <laughs> it probably would not have taken off realistically um but i think like he said in the auditions he was oh i mean cheddar bob yeah cheddar bob is cheddar bob i yeah i mean he's done he was in uh glory road he was in uh book of eli uh a million ways to die in the west guardians of the galaxy volume two which i'll need to go back and double check but he was there um shot caller that's pretty good uh den of thieves that was solid and uh hotel artemis which was honestly god awful but not his fault uh so yeah very different path to his life i mean i think what it came down to is the reason why they didn't book seth for the role is he's probably like too goofy you're probably that dude was that dude was spot on (laughs) probably not really a comedian but was funny in, in right. the role of what it was. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, before 40-Year-Old Virgin, all he had was basically a cameo in Anchorman, obviously. Um, he, was on, he was in Donnie Darko. Um, and then he was on 20 episodes of Freaks and Geeks. So, I mean, that was, I mean, obviously 40-Year-Old Virgin is a echelon above right. all those appearances. Man, crazy thought. <laughs> it's just... Shoots himself in the leg. Last Friday, we were just sitting around. 
or last Thursday night after dinner, we were just sitting around uh, their friend's place and started watching uh, like Michael Fisher and Seth Rogen like montages, like greatest of. Oh God. <laughs> really, uh, really entertaining rabbit hole to go down. Seth Ro- or sorry, Michael Cera has such little content really out there. Like, when you think about it, like he has not done that many things, but there's a lot of YouTube videos and montages of his handful of appearances. I definitely recommend checking them out. You ever do you see Seth Rogen's uh, like the pickle movie? Like uh, the, the autobiographical the, one he did. Like, oh yeah, the one uh, on HBO Max. Yeah, American Pickle. It's American Pickle. Yeah, where he's the guy who fell in a vat of pickle juice and like right. survived. Yeah. Well, how was it? I've watched it. Oh, I mean, that was funny. Yeah. It's just like Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen. Some um, people said like it wasn't funny. I thought it was entertaining. It was funny. Yeah, maybe maybe people said it was like kind of sad. Not deep enough. I, I mean, it was a little sad, but it wasn't like no, well, it wasn't like depressing. Yeah. It's been on my watch list for so long. I just haven't. haven't You'll done. enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Well, I think on that note, that wraps up uh, this week's episode of the Main Course Podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we, like I said, stream these on Tuesdays. Drop them on podcast platforms on Thursdays. Uh, make sure you follow us on all social media at Stick Worldwide. S-T-A-K-S-T-E-A-K, Jesus Christ. W-O-R-L-D-W-I-D-E minus Jesus Christ. Uh, And uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Peace.